Well, a very good evening to you and welcome along to another edition of Speaker's Corner with myself and Dawson. We're live here at Revelation TV and we want your involvement. And I think you're going to be fascinated with tonight's subject because tonight's Speaker's Corner is going to be a little bit different um, from what we normally do. Uh, we're still going to cover a subject that is not even quite, but very controversial. But rather than just having a bit of a discussion, we really need to dig deep tonight to examine uh, the different arguments and the different theories. And what we're actually going to be talking about tonight really is bang smack in the middle of Jerusalem. And it's the, really the controversy about the Temple Mount and the exact location of the first and the second temples. Now, this is what you see on a lot of picture postcards. This is what you see the Dome of the Rock there, bang smack in the center of, as you can see, the Temple Mount which is in the center of Jerusalem. Now, when I say recently, I'm talking, first of all, probably in the 1990s, and then a lot more recently in 2014, there was some literature that, that came out, some books had come out uh, from some people who'd basically challenged that and said, no, that is not where the first and second temples were built. And of course, the repercussions of that is, if that is not where the first and the second temples were built, well... Does that need to go before the third temple is built? We've got the expert on hand. I'm absolutely thrilled to see. I've been trying to get this gentleman to tackle the subject just because he's very, very busy for so long now. And I'm thrilled to be doing it this evening. Uh, Derek, it's brilliant to have you here. Great to be here. Right? From Oxford Bible Church. We are thrilled because this is something that we have been speaking about, mm. you know, over, over the months, certainly, and, and probably a lot more <coughs> recently in the recent visit to Israel, Israel and more importantly, right. actually being on the Temple Mount. Yeah, it kind of brought it all forward. Yeah. In fact, we weren't even really going to be talking about this, this this evening, but I guess you know, it really is relevant. For anybody out there, though, we're going to be doing more, than, more of a, a kind of presentation, really, as to what is this all about. And uh, then, of course, do send your texts, your emails in, We'll give you details how to do that, and we can ask Derek any of your questions and, and put forward your comments as well. So it's all about the location of the Temple Mount, and does it even really matter? Um, I think, well, let's just start with what exactly is the issue here, Derek? Great. We'll look at the uh, picture that's coming on the screen now. And basically, what we've discovered is that the city of David, that's the original city that David captured, is in the bottom part of the... The, the picture, and that's where the Pool of Siloam is there at the bottom. And then, of course, the classic view is, of course, that the temple is at the top of the picture there, where the Dome of the Rock is. You that's where the Temple Mount the top, is, yeah. on the higher ground, above the city of David. But the, the, the new theory, you might call it, which uh, Ernest Martin was the originator of, mm -hmm. and then uh, it's been popularized recently by Bob Cornuke, mm -hmm. is that that's not the case at all. Yeah. And in fact, where the temple was, if we see the picture one more time, the temple was roughly halfway up that picture. In other words, at the, the, the northern part of the city of David. And so it was actually in the city of David and near the Gihon Spring. And uh, that uh, might sound like a bit of an academic uh, uh, discussion, but actually I believe it has a lot of ramifications to it. Well, you know, let's continue with this because for it to be on Speaker's Corner, this is, you know, we talk about subjects that are close to people's heart that they feel are important. This isn't purely an academic a exercise mm. for you, Derek, is it? No, I believe it has great importance. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 
we'll see the next picture, and um, this will actually, uh, this is one of my favorite pictures to make it clear. Again, you'll see on the left-hand side is the city of David, and then the middle area is called the Ophel, and then it goes up to the peak. And this shows actually the whole area at the time of David, and at the peak there is where the, the traditional Temple Mount is. I, I want to just point out also that the spring fortification, if you can see that in the city of David, just jutting out from the side is the, uh, is, they found recently some very strong a fortress around the spring. It's called the Jebusite Fortress and it's um, also we know it was from the Jebusites and that's actually how David captured the city through getting in through that waterworks. Yeah. So that's why Jerusalem was there. It's on low ground. All the mountains of Jerusalem surround that. Mm -hmm. But the, the city of David itself is on relatively low ground. And um, why was it built there? It's because of the Gihon Spring, and that's at the center of our discussion today. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, uh, by the way, there's two immediate problems you might think about what if the temple was on the city of David, is it's not really a mount like the Temple Mount is, yeah. and the, the Bible talks about Mount Moriah. Now, and I know you're going to come on to this, but just mm. it's important, um, I think, if, if we're, we're saying what the main argument is, the main, the mm. main argument here is these are writers um, and authors that have said, no, it's not where the, we see the Dome of the Rock today, it's down in the city of mm. David. Just very quickly before you move on, so mm. what is the Dome of the Rock? What are they saying is the Dome of the Rock? What well, is, what well are it's, they a, it's a Muslim... Um, but, but what are the likes the of, of Bob Kernoke and... Uh, I don't know what they, well, they explain actually, that away. I believe they mm. actually, um, they explain that is because, <laughs> you know, that's, it's a rather large area and they actually believe that's the, the whole area is the Antonia Fortress. Oh, sorry, yes. Yes, yeah, yes. sorry. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. They so think, just to yeah. explain, they think that the temple was down, right. City of David, and what we see is the Dome of the Rock. They're saying that's the, the that, whole that area. That whole huge that temple whole platform huge area is, is the Antonia was Fortress. the Roman Antonia Fortress. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and, w and we'll see their theory a bit later mm -hmm. on. Um, and so one problem, uh, another problem is that the, temp the site, size of the temple as given by the Jewish records, it just doesn't fit on the city of David. Mm -hmm. But let's, we'll go to the, the facts of the matter in, in a bit. Mm -hmm. But why is it important? I believe that it's actually part of the spiritual warfare that's going on right now. Right. I, I am a believer that God hasn't finished with Israel. Mm -hmm. and that Jesus is returning, for example, to Jerusalem, to the Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. And so these locations are, are important. Uh, they were important in the past, but they're also important in the future. And there's a spiritual warfare going on now, and this issue is part of that spiritual warfare because there are different forces claiming the Temple Mount. To the Jews, of course, it's the holiest place on earth. Mm -hmm. And God's is in the scripture says that there will be a third temple yeah. and that third temple is an important part of God's plan for mm -hmm. the, the restoration of Israel it will happen in the mm -hmm. tribulation and there'll be a fourth temple too in, yes. the, in the millennium yeah. and that will be the throne of the Lord yeah. he will rule the earth from yeah. the, the holy place like so no wonder there's a spiritual warfare around it now it's contested by the, the radical Islamists because they are now saying, although in the past the Muslims knew it was the Temple Mount, but now they're saying the Jews have no association with it because they, they, they want to win this battle of possessing the Temple Mount. You know, that's why it's mm -hmm. the hottest piece of real estate on the earth. On the earth. Mm -hmm. And they're now saying 
and we've seen this recent UNESCO resolution, you know, that the Jews have no connection to the Temple Mount. Yeah. They, uh, now, this theory that says actually the Temple Mount <laughs> doesn't, uh, you know, isn't there at all, actually, the Christians who buy into that, they're actually giving encouragement. Facilitating and in fact, the, it. The, the Islam, Islamic world is encouraged by mm -hmm. the fact that mm -hmm. some Christians mm -hmm. are actually agreeing yeah. with the enemies of Israel in saying the Jews have no part of that. And I think if I can just cut in here just to say, you know, we'd love your, your texts and your emails to come through. We'll read them out. Um, but maybe you've heard that. Maybe somebody has said to you, oh, actually, um, I've heard that, you know, uh, the temple can be rebuilt, that the Jews can have a temple again without disturbing the Dome of the Rock. And you've never really thought about it. Or maybe you're one of the ones that's read some of the literature that we're talking about and that you think they make very persuasive ar arguments for the fact that the temple being in the city of David. Either way, listen, hey, it is Speaker's Corner. We'd love to hear from you, mm. uh, Derek. Yeah, so it is more than just an, an academic exercise for you um, yeah. to really explain the history of the temple. Yes, I think here. if the Christian, you know, the more Christians that buy into that mm -hmm. are actually, in a sense, agreeing with the enemies of Israel yeah. that, that the Jews have no right over the Temple Mount. And, of course, factually, we'll look at it. But, in fact, this is something that I would say comes from, from darkness. It's okay. not just an academic issue. And we need to be very careful buying into these things without checking them out properly. Mm -hmm. Where Ernest Martin, um, I think the w he was the guy that opened the door to this. Uh, and one thing to understand about him is he was part of, or he came out of the Herbert Armstrong cult, the Worldwide Church. Just explain a little bit about that. And they believe, um, they had some very particular beliefs. And since, since that time, since Herbert Armstrong died, they've come more in, into the mainstream. But Ernest Martin was part of that. And they had a, like a replacement theology, British right, okay. Israelism. Right. It basically mean that he didn't have any under, no, not belief in Israel as a nation. He constantly referred to Palestine rather than Israel in, in describing the land. And so he didn't see, um, you know, didn't have God's heart yeah. for Israel. Mm -hmm. And I think that opened the door for, for this theory to come in. Now, since then, Bob Cornuke, he is a believer closer to what uh -huh. I am. Of, you know, he understands about Israel. He understands God has purposes for Israel. Yeah. But he's trying to help God out because okay. he thinks, well, there's no way the temple could be rebuilt where the Dome of the Rock is right now because that would start World War III. Yeah. So therefore, we've got to help God out. Yeah. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if it was actually somewhere else. He's just and then we could rebuild the temple there. For many people, he's just bucking tradition because that's, the, it, it, you know, maybe that is the case, but in his book, he certainly is like, we can't always go by tradition yeah. for tradition's sake. But well, you're, go you're going to be um, going through the sometimes tradition is right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't knock tradition if it's right. It's just we yeah. just don't accept it exactly. um, on face value if it doesn't have any merit to it. But we're going to well, go back to the, like, the history of uh, yeah. the temple. My, it's, where it all I began. My thing on that is when we should be led by the truth, not what, would, yes. what we think. It's based on unbelief. Mm -hmm. We're saying, or they're saying, God couldn't possibly do it. But I believe God will do it. Mm -hmm. So probably through the Ezekiel 38 war, mm -hmm. the Dome of the Rock will be destroyed by an earthquake and the, there will be a window in which 
the temple can be rebuilt. It might seem impossible, but it's unbelief to say we've mm -hmm. got to help God out. Yeah. The second thing is the Jews know it's the temp where the temple mount is. Mm -hmm. You know, they're clear in their own minds and they don't change their mind. You know, once the rabbis have decided, and they, they decided correctly, they're not going to change. So all the Christians in the world could, could say the temple mount's there. It would make no difference mm -hmm. because the Jews know the temple has to be there where the Dome of the Rock is. Uh, they've had to hold hard to their accurate traditions yeah. um, for 2,000 years whilst they've not yes. been in they're their own land. Change. They're not going to come back you and go, well, I wonder the where, I wonder where the temple was. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the other thing, of course, is even if they built, the Muslims aren't just wanting the Temple Mount. They want the whole old city of Jerusalem. They, they want the whole of uh, East Jerusalem. So even if they built, tried to build the temple in the city of David. They wouldn't be happy. They wouldn't be allowed. Mm. They, the, well, the, the Muslims would contest it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so I want to see that, show that really that the, the classic view of the temple makes Please. total sense scripturally. Yeah. Excellent. There's, uh, have a quick look at the history here, and we can look at the next picture. And we need to start with Melchizedek, the first mention, really. And this is the city as it would have looked like Apart from the, you can see around the Gihon Spring is the fortifications that the Jebusites built. But first of all, Melchizedek in the time of Abraham. Note, notice how low down it is compared mm -hmm. to the surrounding mountains. And Mount Moriah is the mountain to the north, higher okay. up. Now, why is this important? Because with Abraham offered up Isaac. Yeah. In Genesis 22, this is where it all begins. This is where the holiness of the site is introduced. Genesis 22, he's told to go to the land of Moriah where God will show him a particular mountain. Mm -hmm. Mountain, notice. Mm -hmm. Really, yes. the city of David is Dis not a mountain. It's disqualified right. there, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And then, it's, then in verse 14, of course, Abraham called the name of the place where he offered up Isaac. It's a picture of Christ. Uh, he called it the Lord will provide. So that specific mountain that God showed him was now called Mount Moriah. The mountain the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh, as it was said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. In other words, God is saying, in the mount of the Lord, I will provide the final sacrifice mm -hmm. for sins. In other words, this is the holy place now, Mount Moriah, is the ordained mountain where God will provide salvation through the, through the Lamb of God. So Jesus and the, any future sacrifices now had to take place on Mount Moriah and then the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus himself. It probably be better translated, in the mount, in this mount, the Lord will be provided. Yeah. So yeah. already we know it has to be on Mount Moriah. Now, if Mount Moriah was the city of David, that means Abraham would have, have to offer up Isaac in the middle of Melchizedek's city, the city of David, yeah. because that's nonsense. He would yeah. have offered him up on the high ground. He wouldn't have done it in the middle of yeah. the city. Yeah. So then the, all temples then had to be built on Mount Moriah, on that place where Abraham offered up Isaac. And 2 Chronicles 3.1 is the key verse here. Yeah. Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place where David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. We'll talk about this threshing And that's the key verse. That is that's a specific verse. description in the Bible of where the temple has Mount to be Moriah, built. Mount Moriah, which is not the city of David. Yeah. Right? And it was on a threshing floor, and, uh, we'll which, uh, which that, we'll yeah. talk about. So it makes sense that the temple was built on the mount above the city, but it doesn't make sense in the city. It was actually on, in an agricultural, a threshing floors are not in the city, 
They are in an agricultural area near the city where all the wheat is. You take it to the threshing floor. You don't, you know, threshing floors are always outside the city. Yeah. And you don't look to carry all your wheat inside the city and then throw them it up in the air and have all the chaff flying around the city. That, that's nonsense. Well, yeah, and uh, if, especially if it was over the Gihon Spring, you know, you, you're not going to be, you're exactly. not going to have the threshing floor over the Gihon Spring, are you? I it's mean, a, it's you, always your water in would the be fields. contaminated the threshing floor's as in well. The fields, not yeah. in the city. Yeah, and even in the example with Ruth and Boaz um, yeah. in Bethlehem, it was outside the city. It, because if, if yeah. you read it, she gets up and goes into the city right, of Bethlehem. Right. And so it's always outside, like that. Of course yeah. it is. And, and so. If we look at the uh, picture number two, um, we can see that uh, th when David um, captured the city, um, he actually built his palace at the, t at the top there. If you look at the city of David, the Jebusite fortress around the Gihon Spring there, and then what's called Area G today, you can see he built the Millow, which is that um, elevated platform. And then yeah. on top of that, his palace. And that has been discovered now, yes. amazingly, which yeah. is tremendous. They called it the, the large stone building. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, w is the threshing, f because where that palace is, if we just see the picture one more time, mm -hmm. where that palace is, is actually where Kornuki says is, is the was temple. the temple. And he's well, confusing the temple with the palace. Well, well, it can't. If yeah. the palace is there and they found it, yes. the temple couldn't yeah. have been built yeah. there because the yeah. palace continued on, you yeah. see. And he's saying it, it's there. And therefore, the threshing floor had to be there. Yeah. And that makes no sense at yeah. all. Just the threshing just floor was Explain uh, just a little bit about what the threshing floor is because sometimes we, you know, if anyone's watching, think, well, I don't really know what a threshing floor is. Just, just explain that and the significance yeah, of I mean, that. When, once the harvest is in, you, mm -hmm. you take all the wheat, all the barley to the threshing floor and, of course, you want to remove the, the chaff, the outer husk that's mm -hmm. no good. So you, with a winnowing fork, they throw it up mm -hmm. in the air. Mm -hmm. When there's a bit of a wind... Yes. It will blow it away. And again, you always need to do it on the high ground. Well, you need, yeah, you need elevation for where that, the, Where you, you get wind. You don't do yeah. it in the middle of the yeah. city, yeah. obviously. And you do it on high ground. The wind then carries away the chaff. Mm -hmm. The wheat falls back, and you've got your mm -hmm. wheat. So again, yes. obviously, you do it where, where the wheat fields are, not, yeah. Yeah. not in the city. So uh, 2 Samuel 5, 7 tells us that uh, David captured the stronghold of Zion. That stronghold of Zion actually is that Jebusite fortress that they've discovered now around the spring, because the spring is the key thing. That's the stronghold of Zion. So Zion is Jerusalem. The stronghold of Zion is what's now called the spring fortress or the yeah. spring tower. And th then it says that is the city of David. So in other words, that now becomes the city of David. So you've got this Jebusite stronghold. Mm -hmm. David captures it through going through the waterworks. That's works. a stronghold of Zion. That's a stronghold of Zion. And now it becomes the city of David. He makes it his capital. And that, that is, um, sorry to just cut in there very quickly, but that's where a lot of the confusion comes in when we're actually talking about it, certainly in the book. Um, it's, you know, what is Zion or where is yeah, Zion? We'll, I we'll even remember yeah. recently when we were there, it's like, you know, you, have to, you really have to get your head around that because... Well, the city expands. Yes, exactly. But... Um, We'll, we'll talk we'll about that in that, a minute. Yeah. But uh, it's, if we just see picture number two one more time, 2 Samuel 5.17, it says, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, 
the Philistines come to search for David and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. So you see David was in his palace at the top there uh -huh. and then when the Philistines come he goes down uh -huh. to the stronghold there which was the most secure part of the city which was the fortifications around the Gihon Spring. I just want to show how the scripture is yep. just con consistent with what the archaeology mm -hmm. has discovered. So the incident that built, leads up is in 1 Chronicles 21 where David sins and as a result the angel of the Lord is, has his, his um, sword stretched out to, to destroy Jerusalem. And this is 1 Chronicles 21:15, and um, David actually in, is uh, prays for the judgment to be held back and it says that the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Mm -hmm. Now here's an interesting thing, if David captured Jerusalem mm -hmm. and if the threshing floor is within Jerusalem mm -hmm. then why would David have to buy it? Yeah. That's nonsense mm -hmm. of course but obviously David allowed Ornan who was it seems the same name as the king of yeah. Jerusalem um, previously to farm around the area and he had those fields so he had to sure, buy the threshing that, yeah. floor mm -hmm. of him really and then he says David sees the angel with a sword over him and David was commanded in verse 18 um, Gad the prophet to say to David that David should go up literally go up go up from his palace to higher ground mm -hmm. outside the city and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan and the Jebusite. And then in chapter 2 verse 1, David says, this is the house of the Lord, this is the altar. In other words, this is, this God is has chosen, through this mm -hmm. intervention, God has chosen the location here, which is on the threshing floor. And then Solomon is then told yeah. exactly where he needs to build his temple. Um, and so it makes sense that uh, David, uh, it was on the hill above mm -hmm. Zion, mm -hmm. above that Jerusalem then, that the temple was built. Um, if we look at picture, the next picture now, number five, um, Solomon, the next part of the story is that Solomon builds the temple and the Holy of Holies is then on, th on the peak of the mountain where, where it was. No, I think six, I'm that's six, sure if, if we go five. to number five. Um, it's on the peak of the mountain where the Dome of the Rock is now, that's where the Holy of Holies was, mm -hmm. that's where the angel would have stood. Mm -hmm. And um, the altar uh, was on the place of the threshing floor. Um, so, for instance, Psalm 48 says, Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, mm -hmm. uh, in the city of our God, in his holy mountain. This was a mountain that um, is holy. God has set it aside. Notice it's a mountain. That doesn't answer to the city of David. It says beautiful in elevation. Some translations say situation, but it's elevation. elevation. It's high ground. Yep. That's not the city of David. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. So Mount Moriah becomes Mount Zion on the sides of the north. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's north mm -hmm. of the city of David, okay. the city of the great king. We probably lost that picture maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't think <coughs> we've got that one. No, I don't way. think we have it that show, one. We've got quite a lot of Solomon's images tonight. At, yeah. at the stop. So yeah. basically then, um, King Solomon, it's interesting when they, and here's a, a verse that absolutely proves it. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, if you look at where the Dome of the Rock is, underneath that is the, is the peak of Mount Moriah there, where there's actually a cutout where the, 
exactly the right shape for the Ark of the Covenant. Wow. That's where they placed the mm -hmm. Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. So King Solomon, it says in 1 Kings 8.1, when it was time he built the temple, now we bring the Ark of the Covenant up where it was kept in the courtyard of, of David's palace. Yeah, it was brought it up. up to the temple. Now watch these words in 1 Kings 8.1. King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelites to bring up mm -hmm. the Ark of the Lord's yeah. Covenant from Zion, yes. the city of David. In other yeah. words, it's not, being, it's not in the city of David, it's yeah. being brought up from the city yes. of David to Mount Moriah, to the yeah. peak of the yeah. mountain. Yeah. And now, you see, the city expands. And um, you see, the peak of Mount, exactly opposite the Temple Mount, is another clue, is the Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. That's not really true so much for the city of David. When Ezekiel saw the glory of God leave the temple, it went to the east, to the top of Mount Olives. Mm -hmm. So from the classic Temple Mount, directly east, is the top yes, of the Mount yeah, of Olives. So that's yeah. another pointer. If we now look at that other picture, 6b, we also see it's exactly the right shape. Mm -hmm. um, Lean Ritmeyer has done the research there, but the Mishnah tells us the size of the Temple Mount. It's 500 cubits square. That was the original Temple Mount in the middle there, that square, which fits exactly with uh, the, the clues of the archaeology that we have of the walls surrounding it. And then later the Hasmoneans expanded it a bit, and then Herod expanded it Even closer further. to the time yeah. of Jesus yeah. and, until we got the present mount now. So the present ten Temple Mount actually fits the description of the size. Another problem with the Kornuki theory mm -hmm. is that it just is, it doesn't fit on the, yeah. it's, it's too thin, the city of David's too thin to actually fit the size of the Temple Mount as described by the Jewish records. Uh, yeah, I, there's, a, there's a certain section in the book that says the perfect fit, but it really isn't a perfect fit, and it causes so many problems that maybe we'll talk about um, a little bit later in terms of if, it was, if that size was actually there, it would be covering a vast area which would take into account the Silwan village. It would take, I mean, you're talking... Yeah, the 500 cubits. It just, just doesn't work at all. Work and at then all. the other area is, is far, far too small. Well, if you have just joined us, it's great to have your company. You're watching Speaker's Corner. It's slightly different tonight in terms of we're talking about the Temple Mount. Is it the exact location of the first and second temples where the Dome of the Rock is? Or should we be looking in the city of David accord, according to some literature? Um, if you're wondering what all the fuss is about and does it really matter, as Pastor Derek has been saying, he really does believe that this is of vital importance, in per, in, you know, in particularly in the times that we live in, uh, because it is much, much more than an academic exercise, mm. as you say, just in case someone has joined well, us a little bit later. The center of the spiritual warfare on the earth yeah. is the so Temple Mount. If you think about it, it's the most contested piece of real estate on the face of the earth, and now we're seeing that that might not be it. And think of the repercussions, because we haven't even come to the wall yet. You know, what they're actually saying is that if the temple is in the city of David, then all the Jews that are praying at the wall shouldn't be praying at the wall, because that really is nothing more than the wall of a Roman fortress, which of course mm. uh, we don't and believe. The, and the Bible so. says the end time controversy is over Zion, is, yes. is over Jerusalem and particularly the Temple Mount. Yeah. And we sh should be on the side of Israel in the, sense, in the spiritual sense rather than 
on the side of the enemies of Israel. And so we don't, shouldn't give encouragement to um, those that would want to remove Israel from their city. Um, another little piece of evidence is in the next picture. We call it the trumpeting stone. Little because piece, I think this the, is massive. Well, I just think this is just, fantastic. Uh, yes, and you because, can see um, this. You, you have um, in this picture uh, a discovery, because in AD 70 the temple was destroyed and all the um, stones were thrown down as Jesus predicted yeah, actually, not one stone. onto the ground below. And you can go there, you can see those stones. In particular, there was one stone inscribed in Hebrew that was on the announcement, which was the southwestern corner yes. of the temple, was the place they would blow the trumpet. They'd make announcements over the city. Mm -hmm. And they found the trumpeting stone directly underneath it. You can see Amazing. it in the, Brit in the Israel Museum. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's inscribed. Yeah. saying this is the place of the trumpeter. Yeah. And it's exactly in the right place if the stone comes down from, from the temple there. And you can go there and you can see where that, where that actually happened um, in terms of, you know, not one stone will be left on another. We'll come to that as well because these are the main thrusts yeah. of their arguments. Zion, not one stone will be left on another. Uh, water sources, but uh, yeah, you we'll know, I know we're that. progressing. So uh, also they discovered the warning stones, you know, that Gentiles should not enter the temple. They found two of those, again, to the north area of the Temple Mount near the Lion's Gate, mile, you know, long way away from the city of David. Um, so then uh, just going through the history, it was destroyed, and then the Christians kind of left it alone because to them it was a sign that God, uh, you know, Christ's prophecy yeah. had yeah. been fulfilled. That's it, you know. And then the Muslims uh, come in the seventh century, and we'll see the, that picture we saw yeah, at the start yeah. now uh, about the Dome of the Rock. And of course, the, what the Muslims like to do is show their dominance that they've now taken the place of the Jews and the Christians. They're now the people of God. And so they would tend to build their places on holy, and they knew that was where the Jews had you know, their, their, their holy place. So they built it there. Because the Alaska Mosque, which is at the bottom of the picture, that was their mosque. Because but they built can, yeah, that that's, on purpose, you that's, see. That's, again, <coughs> you know, not to be confused, you know, a lot of people think that the Dome of the Rock is a mosque. It's not no. a mosque. That's a monument. It's that's to mark a memorial. That rock it's because to mark of the, rock. the holiness of that site. Yes. And it wasn't to do with Muhammad's ascension no. to heaven because all the Arabic inscriptions from the seventh century are all about how God doesn't have a son against the Trinity, things like this. It was also built in opposition to the Church of the, the Holy, Holy Sepulchre to dominate that. Yeah. So it was built dominate the Jews and the Christians. So if it had been about, you know, Muhammad and his horse yeah. Barak going... Now, for instance, night, now you can find inscriptions yeah. about that, Muhammad's ascension added, to heaven. But that was, that's done in the last yeah. hundred years. Yeah. So, again... Uh, that brings the story up to date now. So now we want to uh, ask really, you know, w is there anything to be said for this, this other theory? Why, why would they even want to come up with this alternative uh -huh. theory? Yeah. If it, as I've tried to show very quickly, mm -hmm. the other theory, the classic theory, fits the scripture. Yes. But, the, but obviously... Uh, they question that. Yeah, and, and Zion is one of the areas yes, that they get exactly. heavily into. It's, it's a very strange logic, but this se almost seems to be their main argument, really, mm -hmm. that um, the Bible again and again talks about the temple being on Mount Zion. You know, mm -hmm. Zion is where God lives. And, of course, Zion is equivalent to Jerusalem. 
We've already talked about Mount Zion, the mountain connected with Zion. Mm -hmm. That doesn't fit the city of David, it fits the higher ground, the mount. But, um, you know, the logic is that therefore any reference to Zion after that must be to the city of David. And therefore the temple must be in the city of David. Because yeah. the temple is called Zion, uh -huh. the original Zion is the city of David, therefore it That's must be. It. That seems yeah. to be the main argument, to be honest. Because th this is nonsense, really, because this is not how language works with cities. For instance, I live in Oxford. Mm -hmm. Oxford used to be a walled city, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much the centre of Oxford, a little bit of the centre of Oxford was the original walled city. I live in Oxford, yeah. and now, 20th century with me, mm -hmm. I say I live in Oxford. Am I saying that I live in that original yeah. walled city? So living in London, living in the centre of London, we're not talking you know. about... Uh, so when a city grows, <laughs> it doesn't, the, as it extends, it's the same city. Yes. It's still Oxford yeah. as it grows out. Yes. And in the same way, when the temple was built to the north, that now becomes Zion too. Yeah. You've got the original Zion, but then it extended to incorporate the temple, and now that, that is Zion too, but that's Mount Zion. Yeah. So Mount Zion wasn't used mm -hmm. until the temple was built, if you check it in the scripture, because right. okay. the mount is actually that part that's north. Right. That's where God's dwelling is. That becomes mm -hmm. the center of attention now. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is called Zion. So just because, I hope you can see that's a yeah, silly yeah, argument, that, yeah, really. Yeah. It's an empty argument. But what about Jesus' prophecy? Because this, they, they do a big, oh, yes. big thing mm. on this. And it's like when Jesus was um, leaving and he was walking up the, um, towards the Mount of Olives mm. with his disciples. And they're saying, look at all the buildings yes. and look at the tent. And he turns around and he says, and I tell you, not one stone will be left upon another. And I have to say, Derek, yeah. um, on the many trips <coughs> I've gone, I've stood there and I've thought, not one stone left on another, just yeah. stones everywhere. And I never really have understood that. But yeah. if you can explain that, because yeah. that, that, that is a big, big because thrust of their argument. Because when you go argument. there, because you, you see the, the very impressive wall surrounding yeah. it. Now, some of it has been repair work from modern times, but the original wall is yeah. there to you've certain levels. You've still got levels. stones on the, top of one another. In fact, the best stones, <laughs> yeah. stones at the bottom are that. Yeah. But the, what you've got to realize is that Jesus, when he made that prophecy, well, let's read it, Matthew 24, he Jesus departs from the temple, and the disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that will not be thrown down. That was fulfilled because all the buildings of the temple, context is always the controlling factor, mm -hmm. you know, every building that was on the temple was thrown down. Yeah. That's why the temple mount was, was stripped clean. Yeah. But the, the, the walls are the retaining walls of the temple compound. It's not the temple proper. The temple proper really is that 500 cubit square piece in the middle of the, the middle temple of the mount. Temple that mount. is the temple yeah. compound. Yeah. All right? That's the holy yeah. precinct. The rest is the retaining walls that, that, that for platform. the platform of the temple. It's not the temple themselves. So what had happened is that Herod, fairly recently, had modernized and beautified the, the temple buildings on the Temple Mount. And as a result, they were admiring all these buildings. Yeah. And Jesus said, don't look at these buildings. The same is in Mark 13. Jesus is, uh, says to him, verse 2, do you see these great buildings? Yeah. Not one stone will be left upon another. He's talking about the buildings on top of the Temple Mount, what not the, the retaining wall of the temple. Just, just a couple of, uh, very quickly, what were some of the buildings that they would have been referring to as well, well the as temple the temple itself? So the temple and itself. the porticoes surrounding the temple, the royal stoa, 
you know, and, and primarily the temple yeah. itself, the women's court, yeah, all of that building stuff. Outbuildings very and, impressive, where, very beautiful, yeah. marble and gold. Yeah. That's what he was talking about, clearly. Wow. So okay. Jesus' prophecy was fulfilled. So you don't see that, so there's no discrepancy there whatsoever because no. Jesus was not talking about foundation, um, foundation walls um, and platforms. He was uh, talking about the yes. temple and about the buildings. He's talking about the temple, themselves. the temple buildings. Not the, so it's not, not at odds Not with the that retaining wall for the compound, you know. Okay. So if, if language means anything, that's what so, he was talking about. So these are the big, these are the big arguments mm. in the literature, in the books, if you've read yes. them um, or, or whatever. You're talking the location of Zion. We're talking about not one stone um, upon another. And then the other one is the Gihon Spring. The water. The water. Yes. We need water and for this all actually, the sacrifice. And this puts the final stroke the to this th yeah. theory, actually, yeah. because if you actually think about it, um, what they would say is there has to be running water for the priests to wash themselves, to cleanse all the blood sacrifices. You need water to cleanse the temple constantly from that. And where is this water going to come from? And they would say that the Gihon Spring is the only spring in Jerusalem, uh, and that's in the city of David. So therefore, the temple must be near the, the Gihon Spring. And... Uh, therefore in the city of David. And then, of course, Ezekiel's vision of the future temple shows this wonderful river, mm -hmm. stream of river flowing out from the temple. Mm -hmm. And so as they're saying, oh, that has to be the Gihon Spring. But of course, that's a future temple. That's what Jesus will do when, at his second coming. He'll arrange that. He, that isn't a description of the well, second temple. And he quotes in Joel as well, and in Zechariah, I believe, yeah. as well. That but it's all about the future But they're all future. They're yeah. all, it's so all that, prophetic. So that doesn't really apply. Yeah. We're going to see in a minute why it can't possibly be the Gihon Spring. But before that, we have Jewish records that tell us where they got their water from. And it's from the, they come through an aqueduct from Solomon's Pools, uh, a bit south of, of Bethlehem, a place called Etam. Yeah. And um, there's an, at least three different Jewish records mm -hmm. that tell us about this. Um, and this was 21 meters higher than the temple ground. So this was running water that come down through an aqueduct, mm -hmm. uh, an ancient aqueduct called the Lower Aqueduct. Later, Pilate built an upper aqueduct, but there was a lower aqueduct, and it came in through Wilson's Arch onto the Temple Mount. And through a siphon system, mm -hmm. that meant that they could have that water go in underground under the temple, and then uh, they could control it, and it would come up like a siphon whenever they wanted it. It would flush up from underneath the temple. There's no water problem with the yeah. temple mount. We have a water supply mm -hmm. to to our temple mount. And uh, even even in years gone by, relatively recently, further excavations um, have taken place that have shown... Um, Again, other cisterns, further cisterns. So it's like oh, there's loads of there's cisterns. There's loads of cisterns. Cisterns too, but the 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 source the of the water, the main source of the water, the water, water comes there from Jethlehem. The Jerusalem Tal Tal Talmud says a conduit ran from Etam to the temple. That's the place near Bethlehem. Other sources too talk about that. So there's not a a problem there at mm -hmm. all. Okay. Now, so let's look at the next picture, which shows us the Martin's theory. Mm -hmm. And this, this picture you can find on the internet, it's very nicely drawn. And you can see that to the right is the Antonia Fortress, that's where the Temple Mount is. That's they where you believe the Temple Roman Mount camp. is, and, and they've got it the other way around. They've got it, all the Antonia yeah. Fortress. Notice then the Temple then is on the city of David, they had to, because it goes down into the Kidron Valley, they've got this massive 
uh, high wall to, yes. to have that temple platform there. And um, we need to just point, oh no, don't take away the picture quite yet. If you can see on the bottom left, there's some water coming out yeah. the bottom there, yeah. can you? Because the Gihon Spring is underneath there in the corner. Yeah. Right down. Right we'll don't. see this clear later. It's right down. Now, you don't need to be a very good scientist to understand that the water of the Gihon Spring couldn't possibly service the temple. It's 50 foot higher. Yeah. You know, yeah. gravity. They didn't have electrical pumps in those days. Mm. The Gi the, we know where the water of the Gihon Spring went. It went down to the Pool of Siloam. Yeah. Uh, before that, it yeah. still went down that way. Hezekiah, during the f Hezekiah's first temple, tunnel, he yeah. built the Hezekiah's tunnel. That took the water through to the Pool of Siloam. It wasn't used for the temple, it was used for the city yeah. of Jerusalem. So, but, the, but it kills Martin's theory because you can't have a water source. There is no aqueducts coming into the city of mm -hmm. David. Uh, the only possible source would be the Gihon Spring, but it's 50 feet lower than the thing. Now, the other problem is the dimensions don't work. If we could just see the picture again, that Temple Mount of Martin is, he, the, like we said, it doesn't work, the Mishnah measurement, mm -hmm. it just doesn't fit. So he takes Josephus's approximation, which is 600 feet square, and that way it encloses the Gihon Spring. That's what Martin said. Um, but there's another problem, because what they've discovered around the Gihon Spring, right there in that bottom corner, is those Jebusite fortifications that continued to be used, they're called the Spring Tower, yes. through the whole time of the First Temple. Yeah. Yeah. So it's impossible that the temple, <laughs> that would Temple Mount there. structure would have enclosed that. Yes. Because that, yeah. the, you know, and therefore Martin actually knew that was a problem and he contested the, the claim that these were Jebusite fortifications and because all that. that would have presented a problem because well not just a problem yeah. it just yeah. re reduces water, it destroys yeah. it yeah now to um, to Konuki's credit although he doesn't admit it in his book it's clear from his diagram uh -huh. the, in the next picture we'll see Konuki's um, picture and here you'll see there's a difference because can you see he realizes that those fortifications where the Gihon Spring are uh -huh. All right, that couldn't have been enclosed by the temple. Uh -huh. All right, for the reasons I explained. Yeah. Those Jebusite fortifications were there. And that's the stronghold of Zion down there. And so notice his temple up there is uh, is much smaller, and it's on a very s small piece of land, much smaller than Josephus is 600 yeah. feet. Yeah. Much much smaller than the Mishnah, mm -hmm. and and it doesn't fit what the Jewish records say. But he's forced to that. But even so, his temple is over um, David's palace. It's over other buildings that were actually there, used during the time of, um, it's called Area G buildings, that were used in the first temple, mm -hmm. which actually contradict the temple couldn't be there yes. because we yeah. have discovered buildings that were used there throughout yes. the first throughout temple the period. period. So, so that makes it impossible. But notice again, if we just see Kornuki's picture again, see where the Gihon Spring is there? 50 feet lower than the temple. Kornuki makes a big thing about the Gihon Spring, that the t Gihon Spring has to be in the temple area. But the way he was forced to model it, the yeah. Gihon Spring is in a completely different place yeah. to the temple. Yeah. See what I mean? It's, it's not even in the temple, and that's his whole argument, that the Gihon Spring has to be in the temple. But the Gihon couldn't be the source of water because it's 50 feet lower than the temple.
I'm going to have to bring out some of the yeah. texts and the emails because we're being inundated sure. here. And, you know, I know they're not yes and no answers. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes. Thank you <coughs> so much to all of you. It's a fascinating subject, um, quite a lot to take in. So I really appreciate all the diagrams and, um, <laughs> and pictures that you brought us, Derek. Um, we have got uh, Bill who writes in, why do you think the Israelis gave up the Temple Mount after the war when they had won the war? Surely they would have known where their original temples were. That's from yes, Bill. it's the it's the secular Jews, you know, Moshe, Diane, to keep yeah. as a peace offering to the Arabs, yeah. you know, to keep them sweet. So um, this is a secular, it was a secular Jew who did yeah, that. Resolution. You know. uh, good evening, and <coughs> Pastor Derek. Don't know enough about your important subject tonight, but I'm sure some time ago I heard that the Jews have already started the work of rebuilding the temple, and I wondered if Pastor Derek had heard this also. If this is true, there must be a site in mind. N yes. Shalom. And no, that's the, really the, um, what they have done is they are preparing all the implements, yes. the menorah, the they Temple Treasures Institute. They know where it needs Institute. to be built. They're just getting everything yeah. ready. No, they, 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 they believe they know where it is, yes. and, and I believe they're right. Uh, but they're preparing the priesthood. Yes. They're preparing everything. Yeah, we were Except there, the, we? they've even built the altar. Yeah, they, have a, they have a working altar yeah. there. Yeah. So they've got everything ready for when the politics makes it go. possible. You know. Talking of politics, Cynthia writes <coughs> in yesterday on Israel's Independence Day, UNESCO mm. um, okays resolution denying Israel's right to its sovereignty over Jerusalem. As this has passed, has this has been passed, do you think that President Trump will override this as it seems that he supports Israel? And where do you think in the timetable of the end times this all lies? Well, all they can do, I mean, UNESCO doesn't have the right to say what's what, but nevertheless, um, you know, they'll just ignore it, really. But the, the U, I think America may defund UNESCO mm -hmm. if, if they keep going on like this. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, we have another one here looking for a name. Uh, it says, they say that the threshing floor could not be where the big rock is and would have to be near the water for blood sacrifices. There's no water on the Temple Mount, but I think that came through before I you, think we you did, did dealt with that. So just to be clear, the, the, where the peak is is where the Holy of Holies is. The threshing floor wouldn't be on the top of a mountain because it would be too windy. The threshing floor is where the altar is, which is to the east, a bit it would have been lower yeah. and it would have had protection from the wind. But generally a threshing floor is on a high place. Yes, on a for high the whole place. point of the wind being able yeah. to separate the wheat from the chaff. Uh, Marianne writes in, so interesting and important. Has the Dome of the Rock always been under Muslim authority? And if not, who had authority before? Uh, that's one question. She says, do you think the Ark of the Covenant is under the Dome of the Rock? And why are, there so, why are they so possessive of this temple? Uh, there must be something very important there. And she goes on to say, I believe all property belongs to the Jews in Jerusalem, and one day it will belong to them and all who will believe, all who believe. Let us pray for the Lord's return quickly. Thanks for a super interesting program. God bless. So, the has Orthodox the the Jews rock? want to build an, the temple again, you see, yeah. because that's important to them. Mm -hmm. So it is important for them to know where it, where it yeah. is. Yeah. And has, it, has the Dome of the Rock always been under Muslim authority? Well, and not during the time of the Crusaders, the Crusaders of course. That's when they yeah, took so it over. So it's swapped hands a few times, you know. Um, great program, writes in James. Please, can you give an opinion on the temple and the possibility of the sacrifices being started again at the cross? The veil was torn, so I assume that's when they stopped. Yes, um, they, it will be rebuilt, and God has a purpose in that, because the two witnesses will, in Revelation 11, they're going to preach the gospel they're, God's going to protect them. So while Israel is offering up the sacrifices, God's going to allow the sacrifices for a short time, three and a half years mm -hmm. in the tribulation, because 
the Jews have lost sight of the importance of sacrifice. They think their good works save them. Yeah. They need to know that salvation is through blood, forgiveness yeah. through blood. And so God's going to allow those sacrifices as a visual aid. Mm -hmm. And then Moses and Elijah, or the two witnesses, will be preaching and they'll be saying, Jesus, the Messiah, has already died for you. And they, that was a big ministry to call Israel back to the Lord. It's interesting when the beast, it says, kills the two witnesses, he says he kills them in the place where the Lord was crucified, and he says he, he, pill, he kills them on the wide street. Literally, it's a broad plaza area yeah. of the city. What is the broad plaza area of the city? Mm -hmm. It's the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount. Um, Chris <coughs> writes in, if the Temple Mount is the location of the Jewish temple, um, where were thousands of Roman soldiers housed? I think Kernuk makes a strong case for his position. The Temple Mount has thousands of stones on top of each other. Jesus also said that the stones would be ploughed, Matthew 3.12. Well, we've, already, we've talked about yeah. the, the fact that the only stones that are remaining from mm. the first century are actually the, the retaining walls of the compound. The Antonia Fortress was at the north. Josephus tells us, actually, it's at the angle of the, the western and the northern walls mm -hmm. of the temple, and that's where the Antonia Fortress was. What people don't realize is the Antonia wasn't just the fortress. There was a whole Roman camp to the north of the Temple Mount. Ah, and right, the, okay. And then there was that fortress. Mm -hmm. So there was room for a Roman legion. They weren't all be in the fortress. Many of them would be camped out, and that's what Josephus talks about, the camp. Mm -hmm. So it's the camp area plus the fortress uh, cons constituted the Antonia, and there was enough room there to the north of the temple. And when you're reading through, um, because I have to say, having read the book, I've read the book a couple of times, well, I've read Bob Kernuk's book a couple of times, and he it doesn't make any bones about the fact that he places, you know, most of the research um, to Martin, mm. you know, he doesn't try and claim it for himself at all. But what he has done, um, very successfully, I might add, is he's added a lot of popularity um, yes. and almost like really gained more interest in this than the more, if I could put it this way, scholarly Academic, Martin yeah, yeah. had done. Um, <coughs> I think a lot of people have a, a major problem in that he never actually um, connected with any really reputable sources that no, were I mean, cited. You'll the find that there's are very no, poor. no professional archaeologist yeah. buys into that at yes. all. Yeah. You know, I mean, he be, talks it, a lot about... Um, it does discredit Eli, the Christians to the Jews. Because they, they were... Yeah. Eddie, uh, Shukran, again, does not believe in his theory, mm -hmm. although Kornuki almost implies yeah. he does, yeah. but uh, he doesn't. I need course. to, I'm just caught, I can't <coughs> believe where the time's gone, it's just flown by, um, but just very, very quickly, what about all the recent discoveries with these teamed oh, up yes. with that's Shukron, etc., because that's another... Yeah, I'm very grateful to Kornuki for, for publicising the, the what they found or what near the Gihon. They yeah. found an area where there was an oil press and uh, possibly a sacrifice yeah, yeah. area, mm -hmm. and that's very interesting. Um, Eddie uh, Shukron thinks maybe it was Melchizedek uh, kind yeah. of area, cultic area, yeah. or a Jebusite cultic area. Yeah. One thing we know it was not <laughs> is Solomon, Solomonic. Yeah. It can't be because, as we saw in the picture, th where Kornuki's temple is, is not where the Gihon Spring is. And therefore, any sacrifices would be illegal if they no don't take place on the Temple Mount. So whatever sacrifices took place there, they weren't Solomonic, yeah. because that yeah. would be illegal. That would be, be wrong. So 
the, the, it's not Solomon's temple. Whatever it is, it's Whatever not Whatever it is. So it can't be used as evidence. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, I mean, <coughs> it's a fascinating read, but we have to be very, very careful, um, Pastor Derek, with different theories coming out. And, you know, we need to examine. We need to be good Bereans. We need to yeah. look and see what's going on here. We need to hold on to the good and, you know, separate the Just wheat from the chaff like the threshing floor. Just because somebody presents a theory in a charming yeah. way. You know, and it doesn't mean we should just in an exciting it. way as yeah. well. We should um, just swallow these things. What you know? can I say? Uh, uh, you know, for me, the clincher, <laughs> one of the clinchers is the fact in the book, um, when somebody does a quote from the Bible and they put dot, dot, dot in the middle, an ellipsis, meaning that they're actually taking out some of the words. And on three occasions in the book, he has quoted from Second Chronicles 3.1. 3, 1, and the words that are missed out are yeah. Mount Moriah. And I, you, you know what I mean? Why would you miss out? Mount Moriah, where that Very is cool. clearly what he's saying, you know, for the temple the to temple be built. The temple mount on a mountain. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that's what you'd have. If you have a city, it's everywhere. You have your temple, your holy area, on the high ground, out, you know, near the, near the, near the city, yeah. obviously. Well, what can I say? Absolutely brilliant. I feel as if we've only scratched the surface. I, yeah. I do apologize to those of you that I didn't get to read your <coughs> texts and your emails, but in order for many of us to get a real handle on the importance of this and the logistics, um, we really needed um, to spend a lot of time doing the history and doing the ground, laying the groundwork, quite literally, pun very much intended, <laughs> um, so that we could actually get our heads yeah. around what this discussion is actually all about. Derek, thank you very, very Pleasure. much indeed. Uh, don't forget, um, you can get more information. This, this man, I tell you, you know, go on his website. It's just a, a wealth of information that you can access, articles and books and all sorts there. Uh, we're putting the details there on your screen and of course don't forget you can see uh, Derek Walker's program here on Revelation TV every Wednesday at 8.30 and I believe it's Tuesday repeated morning. on a Tuesday morning at 10am so you know if you want to keep up with uh, the latest findings and you know just just the wealth of biblical knowledge that uh, Pastor Derek has uh, you know feel free to do so with us here at Revelation TV. Derek thank you very much indeed thank you. and thank you very very much um, for watching I'm well aware that we're, you know, near the end of the series of Speaker's Corner, but um, I will be here next week, and um, John Campbell's going to be my guest next week, and I know a lot of you love it when John's on, and we're going to continue roaming through Romans, as it were, and we're going to be talking about the whole relationship um, between law and grace, and probably a lot of other bits and pieces besides. So thank you very, very much for your company. Uh, stay watching Revelation TV. God bless you all. Thank you for your involvement, and I look forward to seeing you same time next week. <laughs>